Resident Evil Lighting Specialist to Arc Welcome to Residential Tech Talks. I'm Jeremy Glowacki, Executive Editor of Residential Tech Today. On this week's podcast, Eric Joy joins us from Marietta, Georgia, where he is Chief Experience Officer at GHT Group. GHT, formerly known as Georgia Home Theater, is a full-service custom electronics design and integration company serving homeowners and businesses in Buckhead, Alpharetta, Midtown, the greater Atlanta area, and the Panhandle. The company features a diverse team of world-class technology expert installation experts, which allows them to be a go-to source for home theater systems, smart home services, commercial automation, home business security, audio video distribution, and lighting fixtures. GHT also operates a 20,000 square foot showroom in Marietta, allowing clients and business partners to experience the wonders of custom technology firsthand. Our guest today is a veteran custom integrator, but he also took almost eight years away from his career path to go work in a sales role for a legendary loudspeaker manufacturer and connected at that time with a very well-known electronics retailer quite a bit. Last month, we had the privilege of sharing a stage together as we discussed lighting technology sales strategy at the second annual Lightapalooza conference in Glendale, Arizona. I had so much fun during our chat that I figured I'd share part of our conversation here. Eric Joy, thanks for joining me again today, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about your residential tech insights and your career path. Fantastic, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on and uh, the introduction with the GHT bio there. Did you just come up with that on your own? Yeah, I pretty much <laughs> stole it right off your website, but you yeah. know, we'll, we'll, we'll call it good writing. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. No, I'm excited to, uh, to talk with you and recap how good last week was. I really did enjoy uh, being a panelist on, uh, in that particular discussion, and I thought the whole event was fantastic. Yeah, likewise, too. It was one of those uh, very comforting, um, felt right at home kind of events where you just felt like it was the right people um, talking about things that they're really passionate about. So I was, I'm in agreement there. And I always get a little nervous doing a panel, uh, being a moderator, um, being on display. I, I can do this a little bit more comfortably because I'm in my own desk and, you know, it's recorded. So it's not so scary. But um, when I talked to you, you said, we're going to rock this panel. It's going to be the best panel of the, of the week. And, and it and was. That just cracked me up. And, and I think, yeah. And, and I think that even my, uh, my rival in, uh, editorial, uh, Jason, not he, he even said it was, it was excellent. That, that was his actual quote. So, um, I, I didn't stick around for his. I'm, I'm not a good friend. Uh, I had to leave <laughs> early, but, uh, I'm sure his was very good as well. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. No, I'm <laughs> thank you. There you go. Well, um, so we'll, we'll get into the lighting s- stuff because I, I think there's a lot to talk about there, especially on the heels of being at that conference and and how fresh in your mind it is, and it's a new thing and exciting. Um, but I was I was thinking that one of the ingredients to your career that I mentioned in the intro briefly and maybe kind of clumsily that you mentioned in the panel that I think is interesting about you is that you actually had been working at Georgia Home Theater um, for several years as general manager. Yep. And then you took a job with Bowers and Wilkins in a regional sales role, if I'm correct. Correct. And I think that's not so necessarily unique. A lot of folks jump around in this industry, but the fact that then you came back 
to the same integration company, which is rebranded as GHT now. Um, I'd like to kind of like talk about that and investigate that a little bit because that's somewhat unique. What was it that um, drew you away to work for a manufacturer? Well, I guess going back before that, you know, a lot of people ask, well, what was it that got you into this industry in the first place? Sure. And, uh, and I even said this uh, on the panel is, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, I was just kind of that lost figure trying to figure out what I wanted to do and ended up started working uh, at Georgia Home Theater really as kind of a, a job to keep me busy until I figured out what my career was going to be. Uh, I have definitely have a passion for audio and music. Um, and, you know, that was instilled into me. My father uh, was a radio DJ his whole career. And so as a child of the 70s and into the 80s, while my other buddies were going to a sports camp or a Bible school camp or some kind of camp, I went to work at the radio station. Uh, with my dad every summer. And it was very, if you remember the show WKRP in Cincinnati, it (laughs) was very like WKRP in Cincinnati. (laughs) The interesting figures, the jocks that worked there. And, and, uh, you know, so, you know, the best gift that my father ever gave me was my love of music. And that would be, you know, the Beatles and the Stones. And I got Ronnie Wood of the Stones right over my shoulder here. Um, I love music. And uh, to a point where, you know, if I were given the choice of I can go today without food or without music, I'm going without food. I have mm-hmm. to have music as part of my every day. And so, uh, you know, starting at Georgia Home Theater, I really enjoyed uh, the toys uh, of what we were offering, um, what they could do, the excitement and satisfaction that it gave to our clients when we sold them a great system. And um, I guess going into the uh, the economic downturn of uh you know, 2008, nine kind of area. Uh, it was pretty devastating for a lot of companies and businesses out there. And, you know, uh, at Georgia home theater, we were seeing some of our, you know, good friends out there having to shut their doors. We saw the impact that it had, uh, on the manufacturer community and to make sure that GHT remained healthy. We were operating at the time, probably out of about 7,500, 8,000 square foot showroom with lots of cool stuff but people quit buying it. And so a very tactical move to, you know what, we need to downsize, uh, move to a much smaller facility. And the company's plan was keep our heads above water. Uh, but for me, without all of the tools, I'm, I, you definitely don't have to have a showroom or experience center to be successful in this business. But to me, it's a level of pride and it's a tool that I love. And I just, I mean, I love the building that I'm working in right now. Um, so I was going to have that taken away from me. And, uh, you know, now I, uh, you know, wasn't just a boss to me, you know, in today's world, but Doug Henderson of Bowers and Wilkins at the time and has become a great mentor and a great friend to me. Uh, he brought me onto the Bowers and Wilkins team, which to me was like, well, this is great. All I have to worry about is selling speakers on the category of audio. And it afforded me the ability to you know, travel the entire country and see the best dealer showrooms and the worst dealer showrooms. Oh and, yeah. You mentioned that when we were oh, talking, yeah. I got to see the best of the best and I've got to see things that were just absolutely embarrassing. So for me, it was fantastic spending all that time out on the road. So it seems like networking would be the hardest 
new category to kind of wrap your brain around when you first get back into it. The other stuff is more entertainment centric still, maybe, you know, more structural with the lighting control and the shades control, but you're not an IT guy. So that must've been a, a difficult one initially. It was uh, probably the most daunting thing for sure. Um, I, I certainly understand now the importance of, of the networking component. Uh, we actually have been training ourselves here uh, after getting some uh, guidance. I was talking with my friend Joe Barrett from Barrett's up in Chicago. And yeah. we were talking about, you know, who, who some of your biggest uh, vendors that you're purchasing through. And he told me, he said, believe it or not, he said, networking is is our biggest category. Um, that's who we're writing the most checks to. And I, I just couldn't believe it. He said, uh, you have to you have to get into the mentality of letting your clients know that in today's home, uh, a great network is as critical as plumbing and electrical. And just explaining, we all have smartphones. We've got our tablets, laptops, smart front door locks, and smart thermostats, and everything is wanting to live on that network. So, you know, I really uh, appreciate uh, JB sharing that with me a few years ago. And the category of networking has exploded. Um, but when I first was coming back, and I'm hearing about integrators selling networks that are getting into the not just thousands, but tens of thousands of dollars, you know, my my approach is, well, that a network doesn't sound like it's fun. You know, I can appreciate the lights and I'm going to get my return on that investment or the motorized window treatments. Uh, networking was a little bit tougher, but absolutely is uh, a critical component uh, to to every home in today's world. Yeah. And uh, I, I think I, I win this on the bingo card of the podcast mentioning the pandemic, but the uh, pandemic obviously made that uh, case clear with everyone suddenly needing the the network at home whether it's school at home or work from home and well i would that, say i would say in today's world of where we take a look at where our lead generation comes from uh, most of our new business is a referral or recommendation from either a, a satisfied client uh, or a, a great builder partner uh, return uh, business from previous clients that did something in the past but as far as just people looking for categories and who the local expert is um we need help with our network is at the towards the top if not at the top of lead generation right now which which blows my mind yeah yeah it, it's it's so important and it's so not fun but it's it's uh it, it's great that you're you're tackling that and and, and doing what you need to do yeah. um, nobody ever calls their buddy and says hey jeremy you got to come over to my house and check out my new network <laughs> I know exactly. Never. That's never happened. My Wi-Fi is so fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's on the block. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I want to get into other tech categories, but I also want to back up a little bit. And and you did mention kind of how you're trying to figure out what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I I, I was just um, kind of amused by the fact, I guess, um, or, or in. in intrigued by the fact that we both were in college around the same time. Um, you at Auburn and me at University of Georgia, so not too far away. And I think we might have even, if you if you dared go to any football games, I know that, that maybe not, not your jam with the audio uh, fascination, but did you go to Auburn football games while you're in school? Uh, every single one of them. Uh, All right. Well, well, then you and I were, were at a football game together because I yeah. went to one away game uh, in 92 and it was at Auburn. And so I, I think uh, they Auburn won that year, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they did. 
we were, we were definitely remembering the same game and, uh, it, I left a little salty, but it, you know, it was fun to get to see, see that campus and get out of Athens for a bit. And, uh, so, so there you have it. I graduated in 93. It looks like you were in 94. What, what I love about Auburn versus Georgia is so many people assume that uh, because of the Iron Bowl, the Alabama-Auburn rivalry, that that's my favorite game of the year. I actually much prefer the Auburn-Georgia rivalry and it going back to it. I mean, it's the longest running rivalry in all of college football, I believe. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, especially now living in Metro Atlanta, where so many of not just a you know, my client base, uh, but my coworker, you know, the team here at GHT, a ton of Georgia fans. And so every year I take the opportunity, whether I think my team is going to win or not, that's a great reason for me to reach out to clients and say, Hey, we got the big game coming up and, uh, let's put a, you know, let's put a six pack or a 12 pack or 20 bucks on it. And then afterwards, you know, settle up my bet or uh, call them to uh, to collect my bet. And, and I mean, to me, college football, that's a great relationship uh, builder with our client base here. Right, right. Now, were you going um, to uh, Georgia Home Theater as uh, a consumer or did you find out about the, a, a job opportunity there just as you would look for any kind of thing that may be related to audio? You, or You know what? Music? I actually I, I stumbled into it. Uh, I met uh, who has now been a, a, a not not a lifelong friend, but my entire adult lifelong friend now, uh, Travis Tyre, who works here. And um, he knew that, you know, I can tell you're not sure what you want to do. I mean, I was um, I think probably like a lot of young men and young women that, you know, at that age, not quite sure what you want to do. Something just kind of, you know, I wanted to be the next John Bonham. Right. I was. <laughs> I was actually playing in a few bands. Uh, nothing okay. you would have never seen me on a big stage for sure, uh, but playing around bars and small clubs, and I, I wanted to be a rock and roller. And okay. uh, once I realized that, you know, the record contracts and the world tours were not going to come, uh, and Travis said, "Hey, come, you know, come work here for a bit. You know, I think you'll dig it, and uh, it'll be a job until you figure out what you want to do." And so I really appreciate that. While you know, I'm not. Uh, a rock star, you know, making, making the music, this industry has allowed me to keep music a part of really what my career is. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I know way too many people that truly uh, do not have passion or enjoy, you know, the people they work with and the company that they work for. So for those of us that, uh, that have what I have, I'm, you know, congratulations. And what, by the way, did you study in school? I was just a general business and marketing, you know, okay. and that was another problem. It's like, what, what is going to be my specialty? And I, you know, did see some friends that were, you know, really on track. And it's like, nah, that doesn't sound like fun to me. And uh, I think just seeing too many uh, adults in my life that were in careers that they truly weren't happy in, I kind of made a decision that I'm, I'm not going to fall into that same thing. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go down a career path that, that I know that I'm not going to love. And so when you ended up at uh, Georgia home theater at, in the mid nineties, mid to late nineties, uh, what did you kind of fall into as far as your first role there? Uh, really? Um, you know, Travis was telling me, he said, man, he said, you've, um, you can talk to anybody. Uh, you can probably sell some stuff. And I, I was terrified, you know, 
Uh, I had never had any job to where I, you know, had to have any kind of sales uh, experience before. And uh, so it was it was very intimidating until you start closing those first few sales. And you're like, man, this this is not nearly as hard as I thought it was going to be. And it was fun. And it's a challenge. And especially when you do a good job and you follow up and, um, you know, you get that feedback of satisfaction of we love what you guys did for us. You know, and that's one thing that I've told any, you know, young men or young ladies that have gotten into this industry is that, you know, we're lucky the things that we get to sell people, people are genuinely excited to purchase, right? You know, yeah. for the most part, these are fun things. Um, they're, you know, you make your life more enjoyable, bring your family together. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a great industry and I have, um, you know, not just uh, acquaintances throughout this industry, both on the dealer side and the manufacturer side, but, you know, people that I would consider truly great, you know, great friendships. Now, clarify something for me, because we're talking about Georgia Home Theater and then GHG with the rebranding, which I'd yeah. like to get into the, that rebranding as well. But in the timeline, there's also an earlier name, which I think is very entertaining to hear is LaserDisc Inter- Enterprises. Okay. Yeah. So LaserDisc Enterprises uh, is officially where I started working. So LaserDisc okay. Enterprises, the founder of LaserDisc Enterprises uh, was a um, movie fanatic. Um, and to the point where, you know, LaserDisc at the time was the best video fidelity or audio fidelity. And he was a collector and every week of new release movies, he would buy a copy of every major motion picture that came out. Well, when he moved from out of state to the Atlanta, Georgia area, he immediately could not find a good source to buy his movies. And, um, you know, there was no Amazon.com or World Wide Web back in the late 80s. And uh, he called Pioneer, who was at the time, I believe, the biggest distributor of Laserdisc movies called him up and said, Hey, I've got nowhere to buy my stuff. Can I buy my movies directly from you? Cause I buy like one of everything. And they said, sure, we'll do that for you. And, uh, so as he started to entertain, get to know folks, uh, people would say, well, these are kind of cool. Where in the world do you get a laser disc player? So he's, well, let me, let me call pioneer and see if they'll sell me some players. So what we have here today in this, you know, this building and now an operation down in Florida and we're, headed over to Birmingham, Alabama this month, uh, was started out of a gentleman's garage uh, <laughs> selling Laserdisc and Laserdisc movies. So, and he is, he is no longer, uh, he, he is passed, uh, but uh, I'm sure he would be absolutely amazed to see, you know, stacks of boxes in his garage to what this industry has turned into. Today. Yeah, no kidding. I, I have two memories of Laserdisc. One is uh, uh, going to a, family friend's house that was a dentist or a doctor pretty well off. And I, I got to hang out with his kid who had a laser disc player. We watched Rocky three, which was awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and, um, the other one was sitting in the university of Georgia library on a rainy Saturday or Sunday when everyone had cleared out of the campus because it wasn't Georgia, you know, it wasn't football season and, uh, watching, Amadeus <laughs> on Laserdisc. Yeah. Yeah. Don't ask me how that was the one I chose, but it was something I, I hadn't seen that was fairly Probably recent. alphabetical, where you were in the I mean, A's. There you go. I started in the A's. Yeah. So I sat in a cubicle and watched the Laserdisc. Huh. Um, 
and and so not exactly your your best home theater kind of setup, but it was beautiful video in a small yeah. space. Well, what, um, was, that, what was crazy about the discs themselves is, um, you know, when I started with the company, gear was already being sold, right? We're selling big screen Pioneer Elite TVs, uh, big speakers, you know, definitive technology made their speakers exactly the same height as the Pioneer Elite 53, 58, 64 inch TVs. Uh, so Laserdisc players, Pioneer Elite receivers. It was a fairly, you know, small knit, uh, you know, manufacturer list. Uh, but the movies, we, if you owned a Laserdisc player in the Southeast United States, you probably were buying your movies from us. And I, you could see, you know, when it would start out, here's a new, you know, major blockbuster movie. And we would start with hundreds of copies of this Laserdisc. And people were coming in and spending 40, 50 bucks per movie, you know, yeah, pretty good long time ago. Yeah. That's expensive. And then, and then it would whittle down and we're, we're ordering a hundred of that movie. Now we're ordering 50 of that movie now major release and we're ordering 20 copies. And six weeks later, we still have 13 copies. It's like, okay, laser disc format is, is dead. DVD is now a thing, but just how, you know, the, you know, the media, has changed so much of what we use in our home. And now we're at a point where, you know, I challenge you to go find disc media. You know, we're just a, uh, almost exclusively a, a streaming world. Absolutely. Yeah. Now were was the location of the, um, the showroom or your facility always around the same area or did you move? Around? Well, we've always been on uh, Cobb Parkway, us 41. Uh, previously we were about three miles south of where we are currently. And, um, you know, again, it was a really nice, uh, really nice showroom, about 7,500 square feet with a warehouse around back 2008 hits. Oh crap. Let's really downsize and move to the end of the shopping center. And we're operating out of about 2,200 square feet. Um, and then, you know, coming out of the back end of that and GHT really, ramping up and doing, you know, great business. Um, we are in a building now that is just shy of 21,000 square feet. And, um, I don't know exactly how it all breaks down, but a lot of warehouse space, a lot of office space, design and engineering space. And of course, uh, an experience center that we've been, you know, continually making modifications and adjustments to, we, we always want this to be, you know, for the people that come here, we want them to say, wow, this place was, I've never been anywhere like this before. What a great experience. Let me go tell all my, all my buddies. Well, after the break, uh, we'll continue our conversation with Eric Joy. And I want to talk about that experience center in a little more depth. Do you want superior smart home automation at a great value? Shelly Wi-Fi relays by Ultraco Robotics cover DC to line voltage, allowing you to control lights, outlets, appliances, garage doors, pumps, and much more. There are Shelly sensors and power measurement devices to help you measure temperature, humidity, lux, or motion, and electrical consumption from single wire to three phase with neutral. You can use Shelly with a licensed driver for Control 4, Elon, or other premium systems, as well as your customer's existing hub, voice assistant, or any platform that accepts REST, MQTT, or CoAP. Shelly can make IoT very easy. Available now at Blackwire, City Electric Supply, and Worthington, or at ShellyUSA.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Eric Joy, CEO of GHT 
group in Marietta, Georgia. And uh, I was asking you about that location for a personal reason. I lived in Marietta right after college, right down the street from where you're located now. And so that's kind of crazy. And my boss at the time, uh, I was working for a magazine there and uh, he was also a Laserdisc uh, customer and I bet he was buying from you guys. Uh, I just Almost that. guaranteed. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, yeah, familiar with that, that area. And of course there wasn't a, a, a an Atlanta base, uh, Braves baseball stadium back then, at, yeah. right down the street, which is pretty crazy to see every time I drive through there on the way to Florida. <laughs> I, um, I still cannot figure out what was there. I know me too. I think it's, I think it was trees. I, yeah. That's all I can figure. Well, but that, that spot. Yeah. When I first heard that there was going to be the new stadium, I, I told people there's no way they can fit a stadium there, but no. they fit a stadium, the Omni hotel, uh, like three different, uh, you know, condo complexes, t- 20 plus bars and restaurants and shopping, uh, a live music venue, parking decks. I, I'm just blown away that I, I've, driven past that spot my entire adult life and have no idea how they fit that jigsaw puzzle in there. I know. I know. As we go through there, I I almost get in an accident trying to solve the the riddle myself going by. Uh, And it it, it looks like it belongs there, which is the crazy part. It doesn't look like a giant, you know, UFO landed or something in that spot. Yeah. So they've done a great job, but, uh, so, so let's talk a little bit more about your, your showroom. So you bring in, um, I, it's a, I, I would imagine invitation only kind of, uh, client base there. What, do you do, uh, any classes for, um, you know, interior designers? What, what do you use the space for primarily? Well, so first off, no, this is not an appointment only. Oh, it's not. It's okay. absolutely not. Um, we, we have found in the past, and this goes back to well before I went to go work for, for Bowers and Wilkins, um, there would be competition in the marketplace that would be very, you know, picky and picking and choosing on who they would allow into their building. And they had built out a fantastic space. Uh, but I'm sorry, Jeremy, you, we've deemed that you are not worthy to come <laughs> see the cool stuff that's behind the velvet ropes. Um, and because of that attitude that they had, it was phenomenal uh for business here at ght our approach and uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna censor myself here but i tell my team i call it a no d head policy (laughs) we're gonna be cool to everybody that comes here i don't care if you uh roller skated here or drove up in a brand new ferrari um it doesn't matter Uh, we're all human beings and if you're interested in what we do um you know of course not everybody will be a match for us uh, and if we're not, our advice is free and we'll try to steer you in the right direction. Uh, but just because you might not be a client today, that doesn't mean that you might not be in a few years or that your father-in-law or your boss or a neighbor or a friend. Uh, and what we're overall looking for, we want everybody that comes here to uh, enjoy it, have a great experience. And then you be uh, our G- brand of GHT. You be our brand ambassador saying, hey, you got to go check this place out. Um, and the best example was, you know, back in the uh, uh, early mid 2000s when people were just making it rain with doing home theater projects. Uh, a competitor in town was very, um, you know, very picky and choosy. And if you're not looking to spend X amount of dollars and you don't live in the right zip code, 
then we're not interested. And it was a family that had a rather modest budget. Um, and they, you know, told us, you know, 13,000, I think is what it was. $13,000 is all of the gear. This is a projector, a screen speakers needs to be installed, tax tag title out the door. Um, and we're doing this for our, for our teenage son and his friends. So we're going to stretch our pocketbook to do something cool for our son and his friends. Well, turns out that this kid, um, you know, we did the system. They were thrilled. Uh, this kid made his first million bucks by the time he was 18 years old. Holy that, cow. That kid just now, wherever he is now in his late 30s, I guess, or mid 30s, uh, sold his business for 300 and something million dollars. So because we were cool to this family that didn't have the big budget and we made the, you know, had the whole family involved, uh, this family has spent into the millions of dollars with GHT over over time. So my thing is, you need to be cool to everybody. You never know who you're talking to. Maybe they can't buy today. Hopefully they will down the road. Uh, you know what? We have, you know, we have a, a fairly sizable staff here. If somebody comes in, you know, are you truly that busy that you can't be courteous? Uh, offer them a bottle of water, show them around. You know, if nothing else, consider that person as a free practice partner to hone your craft and your pitch and your tour through our experience space. So you're only going to get better with your presentation as you do this. Wow, how awesome. You just got a free practice partner today. That's the way you have to take a look at it. But you're a talk. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, you were going to, I was going to answer your part about, uh, uh, you know, classes and interior. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Like that. But you were going to say something else after that. You go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that you mentioned uh, when, when we were in person and just earlier that when you were out on the road for Bowers, you got a lot of exposure to really cool showrooms and really terrible showrooms. And we talked about one story that I'm laughing at the memory of the story. And I, I definitely have, have to have you share that bad one. Okay, well, I, uh, the, the account will remain nameless. I won't even tell you geography where they are. Um, but I did when I took the job, you know, working for a speaker company and coming from a place where we had very high pride in our facility and how it looked and how it operated. I thought, man, I can't wait to go see all of these fantastic, you know, spaces. And I quickly realized there's not a ton of fantastic spaces out there. It looks like there used to be a lot of fantastic spaces and people just let their uh, their showroom deteriorate and erode over time, you know, things not functioning, uh, discontinued product. I would go to a, a, go pull a door and there'd be decals and stickers of in their front door. You know, this is how you're going to be greeted as a client with manufacturers that have been out of business for, you know, a decade. Um, yeah. Trash cans overflowing, you know, I need to go use your restroom. There's no toilet paper. There's no soap. There's no paper towels. But the worst one is uh, uh, going and visiting a dealer and um, the guy says, Eric, would you like a cup of coffee? And I'm a coffee drinker. And I said, you know what? I would love a cup of coffee. And he said, yeah, coffee's right through that door right there. And I opened the door and there's a Mr. Coffee sitting on the top of the toilet tank in the, in the, the men's room. And I uh, said, I don't think I want a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. Worst break room ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it multifunctional, bad. though. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've i been in much better 
Jiffy Lube locations than that description. Um, you know, but, uh, anyway, yeah. So did you pick up any, any good, uh, ideas that you maybe can just file away for when you're doing different tweaks on your current showroom? Uh, Yeah, no, I'd say that probably the, the being able to travel and seeing so many different spaces and talking to so many different people, I learned what was working and what was not working. Um, and so when you, when you eventually come and visit us here, um, you know, you'll see that there is a collection of, you can call them borrowed or stolen or, you know, taking an idea from something that we saw somewhere else. And it's like, wow, this is a great idea. Let's make it, uh, let's make it our own. Um, and you see the terrible ideas as well. Um, (laughs) but no, yeah, it was, it was invaluable, uh, to be able to do that. And then just getting the insight, uh, with conversations from, you know, dealer principals, uh, to the people on the sales floor down to the, uh, you know, getting better into the mindset of what the, uh, the guys that are out in the field, uh, you know, make it doing, doing the real hard work, you know, what's important to them and what's not important to them. So, uh, I tried to make a point as much as possible not to just have the relationship with, you know, the owner, uh, or the manager, of uh of that company but really get to know their team you know figure out what's important to them you you've got a pretty big reach there throughout the atlanta area but you've also um got a southeastern u.s um reach and i saw that you even have a location on the panhandle of florida um is that an actual location you just have a person down there for when you need to um install something no it is an actual location it is, uh, it is nowhere along the lines of what we have here in Atlanta. Um, but there is, um, you know, we're, we're rolling, uh, five trucks, uh, out of that office every day. Um, with, uh, just added, uh, we had, so we have three salespeople, operations manager, project manager, and a handful of vehicles out, out, out working. Um, and it's a very small, uh, but nicely done showroom. You can come in and with the category of lighting becoming as big as it is, we wanted to, let's incorporate some lighting down there. Let's do some hidden audio and discrete audio and, uh, you know, give, give, give people a opportunity to come somewhere, but down in that part of the, um, panhandle, you know, right there along 30A, if you know where 30A is, mm-hmm. um, most of those homes, those are not primary residences. Those are secondary homes. And so in a lot of cases, uh, our team down there will never even meet uh, the homeowners until mm-hmm. they come move in and they're being taught how to use the system. So, yeah, we don't, we don't need to get them out to come and do a dog and pony down there. If, mm-hmm. you know, what we have had is because of our facility here in Atlanta, sometimes uh, the clients will come here. Or they actually, they're a Metro Atlanta client that is building a vacation home down on, uh, down, down at the beach. Um, okay. But, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's not a, it's not going to drop your jaw to walk into our office down there, but it's nicely done. What we are, however, doing is, uh, we're building out 5,000 square feet over in Birmingham, uh, in the oh. Homewood, Alabama, uh, part of Birmingham right now that will be m- much cooler uh, you know, and a lot more towards, you know, the fit and finish and feel of what we're doing here in Atlanta. And what, 
is the draw to expand that direction for you? Um, we had always, it's, it's about two hours door to door from our office here and where we'll be in Birmingham. And, uh, for many years, we've continually had people driving from Birmingham, uh, to come visit us here. Uh, they either were not, you know, finding the people that could do, uh, you know, the solutions and the things that they wanted locally. Uh, or I don't, uh, I don't trust the people that I've had an opportunity to talk to locally so that we know that, or have always felt that it's been an underserved market and, mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to go for it. We're uh, building ourselves a nice little team. Uh, our manufacturer community is very supportive. It's like, yes, we could definitely use you guys over there, uh, to, you know, get, give the market a lift. So, uh, I think I think the opportunity there is going to be much greater actually than it is down uh, down in our Florida location. I thought you were just getting tired of all the the Georgia fans coming out of the woodwork after the yeah. last two <laughs> national championships. You yeah. want to move back yeah. to Alabama? No, um, by all. the way, I, I will be uh, spending my spring break with my family down in Destin, so I won't be too far from your okay. your other location down there, and uh, I may be able to come through Atlanta uh, one one of the directions. Uh, probably coming back so um, maybe we'll please stop by yeah please stop by for sure yeah. um well i wanted to just talk to you more about some of the current trends and obviously with the lighting conference light palooza you and i talked a lot about lighting and you mentioned that you kind of stuck your toe in the water as a company with the category and then the pandemic hit and so that sort of stalled it a little bit but you've been in it for a couple of years now, what has been your, um, kind of feeling about success with it? Things that you've learned that maybe folks who are just thinking about it could, could, could hear about that may make them feel like, okay, I can take this step. Well, yeah, I think the biggest thing is that our industry has been constantly adding and adding and adding new categories to the things of what we do. Um, some of them, um, not at our choice, right? We just, things have been just thrown at us. You have to, this is, you're, you're, you're now, you're not the home theater guys or the AV guys anymore. Uh, you guys are the home technology guys. And so this falls in home technology. So you have to figure out how to integrate it, whether you want to or not, right? If you want to stay relevant for me, lighting, uh, at first, um, but just because I'm thinking high voltage electricity, and I don't, I don't mess with that stuff. I'm not an electrician. <laughs> so that right there, I think, has maybe uh, right out of the gate a scary component to people before they really think about the category. Um, but what we have found is that, you know, 100 percent of our new construction plans of a client that is going to be building a new home, they must have lights in the home. They're not going to build a home without lights. And. 100% of our existing database of clients out there also have lights in their home. So the new construction opportunity, the retro opportunity, it's there's not a single person that we will interact with that would not have a need for this category. So that's great. Um, and then, you know, the other thing is the value proposition of while I can sell you a fantastic hi-fi system, home theater system, distributed audio, uh, outdoor TV that pops up out of the ground, all kind of cool things. Uh, but the one thing that you are guaranteed to use every single day 
that you wake up in your home, Mr. and Mrs. Client, is the lights. Uh, so there's a huge value proposition to it. And then we also found that just here in our market, uh, there, it's a great luxury home market. It's not a great luxury lighting design market. You know, I think uh, lighting design is much more sophisticated and prominent in New York and L.A. and uh, Miami, you know, other markets. Mm -hmm. um, so we're seeing homes that were, you know, 15, 20,000 square foot homes coming out of the ground uh, without any lighting design uh, or even really a lighting plan uh, being put together. So there is there was huge potential here. And uh, thankfully, we have uh, some great uh, luxury you know, home builder partners that said, yeah, let's, uh, let's give this a go and okay. see how it works. And so it's still to our overall revenue. It's, it's a pretty small piece. Uh, but as far as growth category, it is growing like a weed. And we know that over the next however many years, it's going to be compounded, you know, our biggest growth category. Yeah, it seems logical if you get that builder relationship that you could step in there if there there isn't uh, um, much pushback from the electrician on that um, to be uh, involved in the lighting plan uh, and, and supply the fixtures. You need to partner with the electrician on the installation there and the wiring. Um, on the retrofit, our clients so far understanding that LED lighting, which is a pretty much a required thing now in overhead lights that it just doesn't always look great. It doesn't operate well if they have uh, a lighting control system that was designed maybe for, you know, incandescent, mm -hmm. uh, that type of thing. Are you experiencing that on the retrofit yet? Or is it mostly the new, new builds that you've been working on the lighting? Well, the, the thing with the retrofit, uh, so many people they're I'm just going to live with the lighting that I've got because it's what I've got and it illuminates the room, you know, for, for better or worse. Um, but today I actually went out with one of our sales guys to go visit a, uh, a legacy client, uh, that, uh, we had done a system at his home probably six years ago. And, uh, actually when he did his system with us, he did it blindly, right? He's given a proposal, buys the gear he loves the gear, but he actually came here because his handheld, you know, control four remote, it's finally been dropped enough times that I, I need a new remote. But when he got here, he's like, Oh my God, this place is incredible. Uh, I can't believe that I've ever never actually been here. And, uh, so I joined the sales guy. We had a fantastic conversation. He said, I would love for you guys to come out and take a look at doing some upgrades in my house. And so we get there and, you know, the immediate thing he's thinking about is, you know, music in his backyard, which he's got a great backyard and the audio system that was sold to him by my company, you know, six ish years ago, wasn't that spectacular. It was okay. Uh, but we're taking a look at the, just the opportunities outside, uh, talking about the new outdoor audio system led into landscape lighting out there. So there's mm -hmm. going to be a landscape lighting proposal going on out there, uh, inside the house. Uh, and this, again, this was my first time and the other guy's first time visiting this home. And, um, immediately, um, you can see that the lighting was nothing spectacular. And, uh, and I just, you know, threw a little soft, you know, lob up there to get the conversation going. He's like, Oh yeah, we absolutely, uh, we hate the lighting in this house, but we just don't know what to do about it. So we have, 
you know, detailed that conversation a little bit. And we're going to put together some, uh, you know, retro lighting solutions to make his house, you know, the house that he wants it to be. Um, so I don't think clients are thinking about it. I think yeah. people are doing thinking about things around their home. Let's do a great outdoor kitchen. Let's add a pool. Let's do a remodel in this part of the world. But unless somebody tells them that great lighting or better, even better lighting is a possibility, it's not at top of mind because they can see in their homes, you know? Right. Yeah. And are you demonstrating the lighting in your big showroom in some way? We, uh, we do, uh, we're trying to put, uh, you know, really good lighting or really great lighting, uh, throughout, uh, the, the facility. Uh, but our, our take on a, uh, a lighting lab is a little bit different than what some others are doing, which it's, you know, I'm hearing a lighting lab and you have lots of different types of lighting fixtures within the ceiling. Our space, our primary space is a uh, really nice built out kitchen and dining room to where we're showing, you know, two inch round, three inch square linear lighting in the cabinets and under the toe kick and uh, up and above in the cabinet um, so that we're showing in there lighting scenes, uh, great lighting, uh, different color temperature, but it's not to compete and say, do you like this light better or like this light better? Right. Do you like this one better or like this one better? We wanted it to not just be about lighting because uh, this space that we built out, probably our number one selling thing in there is the little three inch square, uh, small aperture in ceiling speakers from James loudspeakers, mm. right? Because they are the exact same footprint as the light fixtures within that space. So we're a tel- selling a ton of those, the Lutron palladium shades that happen to be in there. We have a future automation lift, excuse me, a future automation lift that pops up out of a cabinet that reveals a Sony TV hidden there. So we have a lot of, you know, really hidden and designed uh, pair of Sonance invisible speakers uh, over mm-hmm. the dining room table as well. So when you walk in, people that knew of us as Georgia Home Theater and think of us as the, yeah, we're your audio video guys, they walk into that room and say, I don't get what this room is about. And then you hit a button and they're like, oh, okay, I see what this room is all about. And are you, uh, just to wrap up the, the lighting category discussion, are you uh, feeling comfortable with designing layouts uh, and, and doing that part yourself? Or are you outsourcing that to um, someone who is a lighting designer? Um, no, I am not comfortable doing that. Um, you know, the, one of the things that I learned uh, from, from Tom Doherty is if you want to get into the lighting fixtures, um, you know, business, there are three ways to do it. One, you take somebody else's lighting plan and replace the fixtures that were specced with better fixtures. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is you can uh, use outside resources to do a lighting design for you. And, uh, you know, companies like uh, Light Can Help You, David Werfel's company, uh, most of these lighting manufacturers offer design services as well. And we've done both of those options before. And then the third one, of course, is to bring lighting design truly into your business. And uh, that is what we are in the process of doing right now. Hmm. You know, okay. and we like right. it because, you know, it's kind of, uh, I think when we learned a long time ago, the, the benefits of, you know, before we were the size that we are, we outsourced our control programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we have, you know, our programmers are on staff. 
And it was always a challenge with, uh, hey, Jeremy, we need you to go over and make these program changes for the Smith family. Nope, sorry. This week, I'm, I got to be working for the, the competitor. Right. Um, so yeah. the same thing with the lighting design, not that I'm worried about lighting design being done for uh, competition, uh, but just so that that designer is on our payroll so that when we can say, hey, you know, this project is a higher priority. There's a deadline coming here. We control, you know, we want to be able to control the design schedule better than, you know, unfortunately, when you're using a third party, um, you're at the mercy of their workload and them right. satisfying their other people that are paying them for that work. And I, I, I know we need to wrap up. It's uh, been a longer chat than I expected, but I, I'm glad that it is because we've had a good time. I uh, wanted to, I teased the G GHT branding thing, rebranding, and I want to kind of maybe finish up with wow. that and, and talk about how fortuitous that was in terms of your lighting business. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, the company had already gone through a name change before. LaserDisc Enterprises uh, turned into Georgia Home Theater. Um, and, you know, of course, as Georgia Home Theater, doing many more things other than just home theaters. Uh, but it got to we too often or too many times had found out as we were going to do uh, take a look at or do the install of a media room or home theater system. Um, you see all of the great technology that's been sold around the rest of the house. And we're like, well, hey, Jeremy, why didn't you ask us? You know, why, why didn't we get involved in that? Oh, why we just thought you were the home theater guys. We didn't know you did all of this stuff. So, yeah, you didn't go look at our website to see all this. I guess, you know, not your fault. It's our fault. So um, I know that GHT Group is really, you know, kind of doesn't really tell you much about what we do. Uh, so what, uh, you know, what we tell everybody, it can be Georgia Home Theater. It can be Georgia Home Technology. Uh, when we went down to the Florida Panhandle, they said, well, what, what does GHT mean down here? How about Gulf Home Technology? <laughs> um, but as you and I discussed, um, you know, the GHT and all of the lighting things that are going on, you can't spell light or lighting without GHT. Yes. And, then, and then, of course, uh, if lighting or light without GHT is just a lie. <laughs> that, that you didn't tell me that's a good yeah, one too you know, you know i can't remember I'm, somebody told me that they said man that's perfect you take the li away uh, or they take the ght away out of light it's like yeah take the ght out of light and you just gotta lie <laughs> <laughs> so great well eric I, I really appreciate your time today and it's always a pleasure talking to you and i hope that uh you continue to have great success in the industry and uh, the lighting business continues to grow for you. I look forward to getting down there and seeing your facility at some point soon. Absolutely. Please do. And War Eagle. <laughs> Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Joy is CEO of GHT Group in Marietta, Georgia. You can learn more about his company at ghtgroup.com. And that wraps up today's show. Special thanks to Pretty Easy Podcast for producing and editing this episode. If you're new to Residential Tech Talks, please subscribe to the weekly podcast wherever you listen or watch the podcast. Also, check out all the latest residential tech news at the magazine's website, restechtoday.com, where you can also subscribe to the print or digital magazine and to our Tuesday and Friday email newsletters. Until next time, please stay safe, stay inspired, and let us know if you have a great story to tell.